0: I'm so thankful for the gift of good music, and I hope you are too. We have already heard our text in Matthew, but there were two other passages that are so important to me this morning. Jim read from Isaiah this sentence, that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And then Carol reminded us of this passage. For the message about the cross is foolishness. Foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Cannot help but remember those as I begin to look at our text in Matthew. But as always, I think I need to begin with a confession. So sometimes uh, my parents are here, they can attest to this, my coworkers as well. It's easy for me to overanalyze things. Uh, To complicate things and get stuck in my own head. I do it all the time, working on it, but it still happens. And I have to tell you, when I do this in my own life, I usually get into trouble. It's no good. Uh, But my coworkers and maybe some of you all could also uh, agree with me when I say, sometimes I do this with scripture, too. Um, And so, for this message in particular this morning, I want to step away for a moment from a deep dive of historical unpacking, of political examination, so important to me, which we always must keep open, Um, but today I would like to keep it a little bit more simple. And so, what we have in our gospel text is a story about ordinary people following Jesus, with reference to a particular passage in Isaiah, ordinary people like us who had to work to survive. So Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John, all of them were fishermen whose lives were shaped by the work they did with their hands. The only one, really, I think, I can't help but be distracted by this. They left Zebedee, their father, James and John, they did, on the boat alone. So he probably is not too pleased with how this story went out. But do not be uh, distracted by that because this is about the call to follow. And here's what's important to me. The call to follow Jesus always comes with the acknowledgement that it is not easy. That life itself is not easy. So don't be fooled by how quickly in the text the four disciples just leave everything and go. I suspect it was more complicated than that, as it always is, to follow Jesus. But the words of the prophet Isaiah are echoed in Matthew, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. These words tell us that Jesus comes in particular for those who know the darkness well. And this prophecy from Isaiah is not a simple prediction of the future. It's a call to do three things, to remember the past, to reimagine the present, and to find hope for the future. So what of this prophecy and the good news of Matthew? Well, this week I sat with a visitor in our church, whom I last saw in June. This visitor is familiar with the rooms of recovery but is struggling with active addiction to amphetamines and to alcohol, and we had a long conversation in the office. We talked about a lot of different things, but a large part of our conversation was naming how difficult it is when you keep trying to do the right thing, keep trying to make it ahead, and every few steps forward is met with another defeating setback. It's hard. Now this is not comprehensive, but I've been trying to imagine these different ways that we are familiar here in this community with a few steps forward and then a setback. So here are some, but not all. Trying to get caught up with bills only to have a crushing medical expense or something happen to our car we can't afford. It's like my whole life between 2011 and 2015. Um, Trying to piece together... So many days of sobriety just to slip into a relapse and wake up with overwhelming shame and guilt, trying to live into hope only to be met with a diagnosis, trying to live into hope only to hear that the ones we love are struggling, having life as we know it shattered by sudden loss and grief. How are you supposed to stay sober? I wonder if you can't afford a place to live. How are you supposed to get a job when they won't let you leave behind the mistakes you made on your record? How are you supposed to be positive when depression and anxiety have such a strong hold over you? As we approach Black History Month, I wonder how do we believe in America when it has not confessed and repented of our racism? How do you find connection when your own family won't accept you? When you are misgendered by loved ones, When the barrier to equal rights is discrimination against your very personhood, I name these things to say, we know the darkness, and we know it well. But our scripture tells us that those in darkness have seen a great light. We hear the voice of Jesus. This voice of Jesus calling to us from a shore of hope, even as we swim in an ocean of despair, Jesus says, come, follow me. Now we're in a church where I can tell you at the beginning, uh, there's no trick here. Uh, To follow Jesus does not mean that everything's going to work out. To follow Jesus does not mean that everything is going to get better and all our problems will be solved immediately. It doesn't mean that our diagnosis or our depression will go away, but what it does mean is that new life is possible and that resurrection is promised. Prophecy calls us to remember So we remember that those who have struggled in darkness have recovered. Those who have been imprisoned have been set free. It has happened before, and we remember. Prophecy calls us to reimagine the present. The darkness we find now is not all that there is. Prophecy calls us to find hope for the future. Transformation into a new way of living is possible for each of us. No matter what we have been through or what things were like, no matter what we are going through now, liberation is on its way. Now, to those who are perishing, this message of the cross, or at least what I find to be the message of the cross, which is resurrection, to those who are perishing, this message is foolishness. But I think here we don't have to treat perishing as a literal dying, but perishing as a life lived in despair It's true for me, at least, maybe for you, that when we despair, we scoff at those who tell us that things are going to get better. When we despair, we doubt ourselves and all the help available to us. When we despair, there is so much we cannot see that might lead us along the path to new life. But how narrow minded to think all we see now is all that there is. For those of us who hear the call of Jesus, if We say, yes, we are laying a claim to a promise that has been made to us. Recovery is possible. Things do get better. You are not your diagnosis. You are not your depression. The interim is almost over. Injustice will not win our country, nor will racism, nor transphobia, nor homophobia, nor sexism. You are not alone because God is with us. On the front of our bulletin we have a quote from James Baldwin, which is slightly altered from the original printed in his words in Life magazine decades ago. Baldwin, for me, is one of the most important thinkers in all of American history. For this reason, his work is imbued with a profound understanding of humanity, which is as illuminating and astonishing as an infinite prism which invites us to look inward at ourselves. And so this is the quote on the front of our bulletin. You think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world. But then you read, it was books that taught me that the things that tormented me most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who had ever been alive. I love that quote which is about books. But I think Truly, what led me to this quote this week is that when we seek to follow Jesus faithfully and imperfect as we are together, that quote captures the essence of finding our place in a faith community. Speaking from my experience, I think that our pain can isolate us beyond the capacity to hear the hope that is calling to us. But my experience at Highland and I believe the experience of others and churches around the country wherever God's inclusive love is to be found is this. I have gone from feeling that my experience and my struggles are unprecedented and condemning to knowing that I am connected with you who are here in this church and all who have ever been or will be in this church. So in all of this, in the prophecy and in the New Testament and in Baldwin, here is what I find the good news that I find today is that if you are in the wilderness, there is a path through it. And to tell the truth, seasons in the wilderness come and go in a lifetime, how nice it would be if it was just once, right? If only we could just be through it once and then you made it. But we know, and if we're honest with each other, that's not how it goes, actually. So here is where we go from there. If you are in the wilderness, there is a path through, and sometimes we have to remind others that the wilderness is not all there is. But if we are healthy and in community together, we also have to let ourselves be reminded that the wilderness is not all that there is, even when our own strength fails us. Following Jesus means practicing resurrection first for each of ourselves, practicing resurrection for yourself because you deserve it. You deserve God's highest dreams for you beyond what you can imagine now. But once you have found that resurrection, how can you not share it with those around you? The kingdom of heaven has drawn near. Jesus has come to call us into new life here and now, and the good news is that you do not have to do it alone the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Amen.